Hello friends. Today's episode is with one of my besties, Annika. She is a lot of things, but a published author. Guys, imagine being in your 20s and having your own book. She did exactly that. You're going to hear a bit more about the journey of what it was like, and we talk about friendships, intentionality, and her book is literally about intentional living. She's really passionate about it and really knowledgeable about all those different things. And it's basically telling you how usually if you want to, you could be living your life on autopilot, but there are ways for you to not be doing that and take kind of your life and how you want to live and do relationships into your own hands and do it really intentionally with others. If you're looking for a good Christmas gift or a read for the winter break, and if you want to just kind of have a good start for 2023, I highly suggest getting her book. We're going to link the Amazon link in the show notes. And also in the show notes, show notes, you can find other links to collaboration products and things where you can help support montage. So if you're trying to do some Christmas shopping, if you're trying to buy gifts, if you already love one of the products that are mentioned below, might as well buy it with our link or our code and help us out. Hope you guys have a great rest of your week and let's get into today's episode. Hello and welcome back to the Dear Next Gen podcast. I am looking at my beautiful friend in front of me on the screen. Welcome, Annika. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. Oh, well, you are such a dear friend to me, to my husband, and special in my life. So this just feels very natural mm-hmm. to be chatting. Just having a conversation. Yeah, real life chats um, with my favorite author. Chat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and also if you don't know Annika you're just like looking at a photo or two see that she is so funny like I think (laughs) I think that's something I get from like well when I would see your TikToks I would be like yes I want people to know that this is actually what she's like like you (laughs) and your husband are fun you're goofy I feel like your YouTube also shows it's a better way than just like a static post and I just love that you're doing video content more because that's how you get to know someone. Yeah, I'm having so much fun with it. I think YouTube feels really natural to me. And really? that's, yeah, it feels really like comfortable. And I think I have a love-hate relationship with Instagram and blogging and other forms. And I just love with YouTube exactly what you said. I feel like I can talk about intentional living or share informational content but I can also do it in a way that feels so authentic to me and it's like this is how I would talk about what I'm excited about with a friend or if I was Mm -hmm. telling my husband or on the phone with you and it's so I love being able to share in that capacity which is something you just you just don't get across in a caption or a blog post in a story I'm like this is why I love the podcast and I will just delete all social media and stay on the podcast maybe I don't know one day (laughs) honestly tempting (laughs) that's the goal just warning people now enjoy the posts while they're <laughs> while they're coming because one day yeah. I will I'll say see you later um so on this podcast I ask everybody what would you tell your high school self I was thinking about that earlier just like knowing the podcast audience and everything and I think I have 
so many thoughts on my high school self and I it makes me so sad honestly thinking about my high school self and the number one thing I would say so to give a little bit of context when I was in high school I, I didn't have a great experience and I wasn't bullied I wasn't excluded it wasn't necessarily any one thing I think at the time I just had such a strong passion for life and there were so many things I wanted to do with my life and with my time and I had a really hard time feeling like I think I blamed high school for keeping me from doing what I wanted to do it was like I'm sitting in a classroom for seven hours a day learning about things I don't care about I knew what I wanted to do for a career and I was like this isn't going to help me Mm -hmm. um and it felt like such a waste of time and I think if I could go back and talk to myself I would just sit myself down and say like the world is so much bigger than you have any idea it is it really is like what happens in these few years that you're in high school does not define the rest of your life in any way shape or form like this is where you are for right now but the world is so much bigger and also don't waste this time it's not necessarily indicative of the rest of your life in any way shape or form like I'm a totally different person now than who I was in high school but at the same time like you are in this really unique stage of life that Mm -hmm. is an important one and it's okay to accept the limitations of that season whether that's just being in school or maybe living somewhere you don't want to live or whatever it may be like don't miss this opportunity to learn more about yourself and make friends and just live life and figure out who you are and what you want out of it. Mm -hmm. I feel like when I left high school, I did have a moment where I went, wait a second, that was a very unique time. Like when else are you around like more people than, you know, when you become an adult, you go to university or you do a job. It is so different than just like having access to teachers so easily, having just access to new friends and different extracurriculars. Like I always tell myself, oh, I wish I had taken like this class or this class. But because at the time I thought it was a waste of time. I was like, oh, like signing up for this is kind of like, but signing up for this is good. And I had the same thought of, oh, if I wasn't sitting in this classroom, I could be here. I'm like, I could be working. I could be making money. I could be, you know, acting. I could, there's all these dreams that I had during class too. And once you're out of it, it's so much easier to look back. Yeah. No, it's so true. I think I, yeah, I don't know. I just, I look back on that time and I, I really felt, I think a lot of pressure too, to sort of have everything figured out, Um, Mm -hmm. which almost like, I get I feel angry and like protective over high schoolers for that because it's just when you think about the amount of pressure that you're put on at such a young age to make like these huge life-changing decisions and really Mm -hmm. and I say this delicately because I would have hated hearing this in high school but like you're just a kid you know you are like you're young I feel I still feel like I'm a kid but like yeah you you don't know what you're gonna where you're gonna go who you're gonna be and it's just it's such a bizarre time because on one hand like you're so restricted in what you can do and then at the same time people are like have your whole life planned out also yeah and like the options are endless you do. do it now yeah yeah and you're like ah leave me alone yeah. <laughs> which can work really well for some people who plan out their lives very specifically because they have a very specific goal in mind which requires very specific steps and and credentials and whatever but 
even then I've talked to people who struggle with, you know what? I wish I had given myself permission to not just listen to the people that were around me that wanted me to do something I really didn't want to do. Yeah. Well, and I know, so I talk a lot about the idea of intentional living and really what that all stems from for me is three years ago ish, I was writing an article. I'm a writer for work and I was writing this article for a client on uh, the study of decision making. And they were talking about how so many people, um, I mean, most of our behaviors are unconscious. Like as you go through your day, it's mm-hmm. fascinating. Read the book Atomic Habits. If you haven't, yes, we love I recommend it. this to literally <laughs> everyone. It's so good and it's really important. But uh, I learned that the decisions you make not just the little ones are often dictated by your subconscious beliefs about what you think people expect from you. And there are Mm. so many people who've decided their majors or their careers or their spouses based on some level of unconscious expectation. They think that I should do this because it's what people think I should do, or it's what I'm supposed to do. And that's not necessarily reflective of who you actually are, or the actual purpose that you feel in you or what you're actually made to do or even what you really want. And it terrified me because I realized like I can see that in the lives of so many people around me. And even in my own life, like I've had so many moments like that. And so that really kicked me on this whole journey of like my whole career now basically is trying to tell people like this matters so much like, <laughs> you need to know you need to know and, this <laughs> and it's crazy too because like I've had conversations with a lot of people I talked to someone a couple months ago who I was she was asking about my book and I just started telling her that story and this was uh, when we were buying our car and she looked at me when I said that and she was like I think that's why I married my husband <laughs> was like, oh my gosh, like, yeah, truth, life, scary. life bomb. <laughs> yeah. like, wow. like, I don't know what to say to that one, but <laughs> yeah. Well, if you think about, yeah, people you date, classes you pick, yeah. courses you take, what you post even, and what yeah. your, what hobbies you pick up. And yeah. I, either what you even dedicate yourself to time-wise and priority-wise, it definitely comes from that. And I feel like even me personally, like me and my husband, we do struggle sometimes with like decision fatigue and different things like that and oh. learning how our, our brains and our bodies kind of like work together in just reading like Atomic Habits to read your book has really been almost like a little life hack to being like, okay, my brain works like this. I almost can trick my brain into building a habit on like how to do this instead of thinking externally like what are people seeing and wanting from me and how can I have the courage to do this and slowly build at it versus just start and fail it right away yeah 100% now I feel I really I think psychology for a lot of people is just something that's like oh if you're particularly interested in you study it but I really do think it should be required learning because even just having the basic blocks of knowing how the general brain works you can start to understand how your brain works Mm-hmm. And like, I don't know, I think it's so common that we spend so much time fighting with our own mind and trying to force it to work in a way that it just doesn't work. But when you start to understand the way that habits work and the way that motivation works, life gets so much easier because you yeah. can set yourself up for like so much success by working with your brain. 
Yeah, I do find that. Well, maybe it's because I care about things like this. My yeah. explore page is ridiculous right now. Like it is. I used to get cute homes, sometimes babies, because I like that. And oh yeah, like the same color tones. And all of a sudden, it has been motivational graphics, ADHD, like tips and <laughs> tools. And I'm like, they know me. But also, it's becoming way more normal to have to talk about the brain and talk about habits yeah. and talk about everybody's different. Yeah, so. it's so true. And information is so much more accessible now than it's ever been, which mm -hmm. is amazing. And also, honestly, there's so much research now that we just didn't have before that's starting to come out. Like the study of habits is a relatively new one. And mm. even I, I talk about this in my book, there's a TED talk all about it too, which I highly recommend. But Harvard started this study in, I wanna say the 1930s. It's called the Harvard Study of Adult Development. And mm -hmm. it is the longest running study on like any group of people. And they basically took this group of young kids who were like um, some who I think were in middle school. And then they took a group mm -hmm. who were students at Harvard. So like fresh out of high school and they followed them through their whole lives. They're still following them to wow. this day, the ones who are alive. And they tracked like basically what makes you happy and what makes you healthy. And the number one thing that stood out, and they they looked at different socioeconomic groups and different racial backgrounds and like everything. Mm -hmm. And the number one thing that defined someone's health and happiness was their community and the quality of relationships they had in their lives. That wow. was it. Isn't that wild? That is so wild. And it makes you think, why do we try to be so independent and why do we not prioritize quality community and I'm sure that there's a lot of you know reasons behind it and people make excuses and I definitely have them like it's the school I was putting it's the location I was put in it's the yeah. people who hurt me that make me not trust other people but <laughs> definitely intentional community living and that's not just in a Christian space that's not just in yeah. a North American space there's a lot of studies even on um I was reading this book called Find Your People, which I've, I think, mentioned before. But mm -hmm. even there in one of her episodes, she talked about just people in, like, Africa and remote countries that they are happy and they're healthy a lot because of their their community living, the way, yeah. the way that they live and the way that they prioritize doing life with each other. Um, you mentioned your book. Yeah. I love your book. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, and you also mentioned that you are a writer. So... I feel like for someone who is, okay, how old are you? I'm 22. For people who don't know, you're 22. I told her today that she looks like Taylor Swift in the fall. And you're 22. <laughs> like, how fitting. <laughs> and we love yeah. her. <laughs> we love I her. Tried. So, yeah. So, I mean, that's crazy. You're 22. You are an author. You are a writer. You are lots of things. A friend, a wife, <laughs> a daughter. But that is... Yeah. Tell me a little bit more about that because you do have pictures of you wanting to be a writer way back yeah. when in your childhood and writing a book in your childhood, but this is like your first published book. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. So yeah, for as Cece mentioned, a little bit of background. I've loved writing my whole life. When I was a kid, I was like, oh, I'm going to be a writer when I grow up. And I actually wrote this like little short novel. My parents had to publish. It's horrifically embarrassing. Um, and it's still on the internet. So that's good. Um, fun for me. That's nice of them, though, <laughs> to support your dream. Totally. It's, uh, I joke about it, but it, they were so supportive and they always have been, which I'm very thankful for. 
Um, and then I, when I graduated high school, I actually planned on being a makeup artist permanently. I wasn't even thinking about writing for a career. And then long story short, realized that wasn't for me. And then I started, I got an offer to do a freelance blog job when I was 19 uh, through a family friend. I had started a blog just very casually um, with something that I really felt like the Lord was calling me to do. And so I just kind of did it. And when something was really on my mind or my heart, I would write about it and post it. Mm -hmm. And then that was it. But I got this opportunity and I started writing for this website and I worked for them for three years, which was amazing. And that really led me to fall back in love with writing. And it was that job that led me to that study about decision making, which really, really ignited my passion for intentional living and kicked off the whole journey of the book. So after that point, I started taking my blog really seriously. My blog is called Out of the Habit. I write mm -hmm. all about the topic of intentional living and practical ways to integrate that into life, what that looks like, relationships and lots of things like that. And then about in July 2021, um, I really started realizing that while I love the blog and I will always be on it in some way, I really felt like this topic needed to be a book. And I had read mm. a lot of books on different areas, like read books on habits, on relationships, on goals, on these little things. And I felt like there just needed to be some compilation talking about why it matters that you live on purpose and the risk of not doing so and what it looks mm. like to do that as kind of an overview of all of these areas of life. And then obviously people can do deep dives in each area, but that felt really, really important to me. And I was kind of back and forth on it because I was like, oh my gosh, how do I, I'm, I was 21 at this point. And I was like, I'm seriously going to sit down and write this book and like tell people how to live. Like how obnoxious <laughs> is that? Yeah. And, you're like, who am I to tell them? But yeah, exactly. And I was so, so scared, but then I really just felt like, no, like this is something that I think people need to hear. And I also knew that I had spent by this point, about two years doing research on the subject. So I felt like, okay, I, I have a bit of qualification in that. Like, yeah. this isn't just, you know, this isn't my opinion. This is what we know from science and mm -hmm. lived experience. And it's all biblically backed, which I think is really cool. My like sweet spot is the integration of psychological research, personal experience and biblical principles. Yes. Like, like it just, it all lines up all the time and it's so mm -hmm. cool. Um, and so I really felt like I was supposed to do it. So I took a leave from my job and sat down and I started writing and I just couldn't stop. Um, I wrote the manuscript in about six weeks, which was nuts. And Crazy. Wow. I, people are always like, what? But I, I, my disclaimer to that is that I felt like I had been writing the book for three years, like in blogging and everything. So I had all the information out and it was kind of all in my head. I just had to put it on paper. And then mm -hmm. I spent a few months editing and I self-published. So I launched it on January 4th on Amazon and she's live in the world. <laughs> when, um, what is a manuscript for people who are wondering? Yes, good question. So a manuscript is your first draft of the book. It's just your start to end. That's your first draft. Mm -hmm. And like you're saying, it probably did feel like you've been writing this for so long. And 
there are topics that I'm like, this has been living in my head for so long. I like, you know, you're in the car alone and you're thinking about it or talking to yourself. You're like, could someone be typing right now? Like, (laughs) I just need someone to just be typing what I'm saying or thinking and learning. I have like more notes on my phone that I can count of just literally me in the car. And I'm like, huh, this should be like a blog post or a caption or, and I'll just be like, hey, Siri, write this down. Yeah. Chapter of my book. (laughs) Yeah, literally. Wow. So how did you go from, okay, so you sit down, you also, yeah, that's so bold and brave of you to do times where you worked less to work on this because that is scary. And the book industry is not like a common thing. Maybe it's becoming more common to be, to self-publish and be an author, but it's still a growing space. So to not really, you don't have like a direct friend that you've grown up with who's just like a very famous author so it's kind of like you're figuring it out on your own um yeah. how did you go about that like did you just google like how can i write start a book join a group or something or honestly it was really overwhelming there is a ton of information out there um if you're looking to self-publish or you're interested in writing a book there's so much content on youtube and blogs and um the world of publishing particularly self-publishing although honestly both has changed so much in the Mm -hmm. last 10, 15, 20 years. Like self-publishing used to kind of be a joke and that's very much not the case now. A lot of uh, traditional authors are opting to self-publish because it's easier and you have more control. There are a lot of benefits, Um, but it's the amount of information can be a little bit of a problem because there's so many people telling you this is the best strategy or this is the best strategy. So that was a lot for me. I spent probably about three months just sort of sifting through different ideas and strategies to figure out what actually made sense for me Mm -hmm. and I did also find there's way more information for fiction authors than there is nonfiction, which some of it doesn't matter but a lot of like marketing strategies and stuff it's just totally different ballgame so that was particularly interesting yeah how did you go about deciding for the cover of your book like that is maybe you're done the book you're ready have you yeah. always dreamt of what your cover is going to look like? Yeah. So I actually, I actually, this is crazy. I totally forgot about this when I started writing the book, but I've always wanted to write a book on the subject. And so two years ago, I had drafted like a little cover in Canva just to put on my little vision board. And I totally forgot it existed until about a week before the book came out, which was fun. But I wow. knew I wanted <laughs> something really clean and minimal. And like, I had kind of a general idea. And I was super lucky. My sister-in-law connected me with an incredible graphic designer, Reese Morgan, who uh, I reached out to and we started chatting and he got the vision immediately and mm-hmm. sent me like a couple mock-ups. And I I was just beyond lucky because he he got it instantly. I was like, think like John Mark Comer meets like a psychology textbook. And he's like, like, yes, say no more. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is so beautiful. And looks good I know that's important for you and for a lot of people who are reading the book they want it to be something that's not overwhelming and that's timeless and can sit on their table in their car in their bag and look good yeah I wanted it to be pretty enough to be a coffee table book that was my goal (laughs) yes yes I love that um now that your book is out in the in the world 
how do you feel? <laughs> is it a weight off your shoulders? Are you more driven to do more? We talked a little bit about how you're like venturing more into long form content, which I love, yeah. obviously, because I love the podcast and I love YouTubers. It's very comforting. Mm-hmm. You've become one of my comfort YouTube creator rotations, you know? Oh my gosh. I'm so honored. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like what what did you what did you do after? Did you write it and when you were like, oh, that was underwhelming, overwhelming. It was also the pandemic. So such a crazy time to be doing yeah, something like this, but also a great God-given time for it. Yeah. I think one thing I wasn't prepared for um, was the release date was amazing. I had like incredible support and my book ended up ranking really well on Amazon, which was wild and like just nuts. And then immediately um within two to three days when people started sending me pictures of like getting their copies in the mail I just had complete panic set in (laughs) and it was this big it's funny because I I think I think this applies to a lot more than just this but for me this was an example of one of those times in life where you have a dream and it's really easy and comfortable and fun when it's just a dream because it can't go badly Mm -hmm. and in my head I was like this book is going to be great and people will love it and it's going to be wonderful. And then as soon as I started seeing it in people's hands, I was like, not everyone is going to like this book. And that's fine. And that's just a part of being, doing anything creative. Um, mm-hmm. And, but it was scary because writing is so vulnerable and I put a lot of my own story into the book. And so I definitely freaked and I took a couple months off to kind of just process all of that. And it was really emotional in a, in a good way it was the fulfillment of like this huge lifelong dream so to have it out meant the world to me but it was also really scary to just Mm -hmm. know that people were holding it and reading it and they could make up whatever feelings they had based on the words that I had written and I couldn't control that yeah how did you get and get past that or yeah I feel the same way like Things yeah. that are dreams, so fun. You can have Pinterest boards. You can have note yeah. documents. You can have notebooks filled with ideas. And the closer it gets and then once it kind of reaches, it is a different like mentality you need to step into. And yeah, what would you say? Because I feel like the people listening to this podcast and the people I'm talking to will hopefully motivate you or encourage you in a certain mm-hmm. way and a specific topic uh, usually. But what happens if you take that and you run with it and it goes well? And the reality hits you of, oh, I've, you know, I've built something or I have imposter syndrome now, or mm. like you said, it's out of my control. Yeah. Like that's how I feel every time I publish an episode. That's how I feel every yeah. time I put a post out. It's just not up to me yeah. how it gets um, perceived. So, how did you get past some of that? I think the biggest thing for me, part of it, I think, is a, an ongoing process, like getting criticism particularly if it feels like no that's not you misunderstood something that's really hard but I've had to learn to make peace with being misunderstood and Mm. that's been hard for me um it's something I am still working through but I feel like I've come a really long way in that and my biggest fear wasn't necessarily being disliked because that has just always felt like an inevitability of life for me like there are people who I don't want to hang out with. So not everyone's going to want to hang out with me and that's okay. But, yeah. you know, I was so afraid that somebody would um, misunderstand me or make up something or an intent or something that wasn't real. And that really scared me. And so I think that's been 
that's been a big part of it is just being okay with the idea that not everyone will get you. And that's not easy and it takes time. And even since like there've been, you know, little comments or whatever that I didn't, that weren't necessarily fun for me to hear, but I Mm -hmm. had to just be okay with like knowing why I'm doing it. And I think that's a big part of it too, is understanding like the mission. And I'm sure it's the same for you with the podcast. Like it's really intimidating, but also you know that you're not just putting them out to be popular. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like there's there's a reason why you're doing this. And that makes a big difference because when you understand your own mission and your own sense of purpose in life and all of that, it sort of lets everything else fall into place. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you for putting that your book into the world because as someone who who enjoys kind of all the different topics that you touch on and for people who don't but like you said want a tiny bit of each thing without a big deep dive and that's definitely like my husband and that's why he wants to read your book on our upcoming trip and we recommend it to people who are like yeah I I don't want to buy 10 books at at the start to be overwhelmed by the right. deep dives I just want to yeah. just learn a little bit more about intentional living and letting things go when I need to. So thank you for even putting that out there. Oh my gosh, of course. Thank you guys for reading it. <laughs> um, yeah, that must be such a cool feeling to like have it in your in your hands and then see other people have it in their hands. Yeah. Um, one of the most surreal moments for me was walking into church one week in January and I had someone, it was a friend of a friend, but I didn't know who she was at the time. And she came up to me and she was like, wait, you're Annika, right? And I was like, yes. And she was like, you wrote a book. And I was like, <gasps> did I, have I made it? <laughs> I just Someone recognized me. Yeah. I actually just listened to a podcast where Emma Chamberlain said that her grandma set someone up to fake recognize her. To make her feel like she made it. <laughs> Oh my gosh, that's so cute. That's so, so cute. <laughs> so then I always oh, think yeah. like, oh, I'm this was definitely real because yeah. the church community was such a great support to, totally. to your book. And I, especially especially when things like launch, it's a great time to support people yeah. who are doing that, which is my advice for anybody who does a creative mm-hmm. project that you are slightly interested in. If you think, you know what, I can't afford it right now, or there's not really a direct way for me to be involved, share that. Just share it. Yeah. It doesn't hurt. It helps. It, that person learned from another person. So, yeah. So that's how 100%. it goes. 100%. Yeah. Wow. Um, before we kind of like wrap up, there's some yeah. topic that I know that I'm passionate about and you're passionate about. And you mentioned it a little bit when we talked about community, but mm-hmm. friendships. Yeah. I just wanted to get your take on intentional friendships. Yeah. Especially for people who um, there's different types of friendships, different times of seasons, of course. And for someone who's in high school, it's going to look different. And then for specifically for young adults, maybe is Mm -hmm. kind of the area I want to talk about when it comes to friendships, because it is something that we've been navigating. It is something that we are always learning about and literally living through. I'm like, I've heard people say, I haven't probably met the people that I'm gonna like be friends with for the rest of my life and there's also times where I'm like ah I wish Annika was my friend growing up my whole life and that frustrates me but also it doesn't because I'm so excited for where our friendship will go from here so yeah yeah, what's your take on adult friendships 
Yeah. I have so many, I mean, I could talk about this for hours. We, I know we've had many <laughs> conversations about this. I, as we kind of talked about community is so, so important and friendships are really, really an essential part of life. And I think they meet a different need than romantic relationships. And we often try and cure loneliness with like seeking out a partner or a spouse 100%. if you're single. Yeah, yep. totally. Like that was me when I was single. If I was lonely, I was like, I need a man. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But the reality is, and I, I think I feel even more strongly about this now that I'm married. I don't know if you feel the same way, but like I see how much I need my friends even more now because mm-hmm. they just meet different needs than my husband does. Yeah. And like I need those spaces and those people to love me and hold me accountable and call me out and show up in my life. Um, I think one of the most important parts of healthy adult friendships and it's something that I didn't learn growing up was how important it is to show your intentionality to the people around you. Because there are times mm-hmm. where you might feel like, oh, I really care about these people in my life. But if you're not showing up for them, they don't know that mm-hmm. <laughs> and they don't feel that. And so consistency is really important. Checking in with your friends regularly. And that doesn't mean you have to see each other every day or talk every day. Cece, one of the things I really appreciate about our friendship is we're both crazy busy and we know that. And so if like a month or two goes by and we haven't had time, we there's no like beef. We're both like, oh, we totally get it. But we will mm-hmm. check in from, by text every little bit. We let each other know about big life events. Like if something huge happens, mm-hmm. it's we'll call each other and loop each other in. And mm-hmm. that kind of consistent communication is so important. Um, I've had relationships dissolve over nothing big and simply just that we didn't talk consistently and just didn't know each other anymore after a while. Um, Mm -hmm. So that consistency is really important. Um, I have like a bunch of details in the book on this specifically, but um, one of the things I also think is extremely underrated, sorry, not underrated, Mm -hmm. um, is showing up for people when they win. And yes. When you think about friendships, you think about like, oh, well, who's going to sit with you when you cry? And yes, that's super important. Like, yeah. who will sit you with you? You need those people. Cry? Awesome. You need those people. But what about when you win? Because there's a lot of people who would sit with you when you're down, who might not show up for you when you are yes. killing it, when you're celebrating. And that really defines, in my opinion, um, a good friendship. And it's mm-hmm. not the only factor, but it's a really, really telling sign. Yes. If if someone feels competitive or they don't really care unless maybe they're trying to win brownie points if you're struggling, like that's that really makes a difference. And it's really yeah. common. It it's so common. Time. Oh, yeah. for sure. And I've literally seen posts where it's like, um, strangers when I like launch something or do something big like hyping me up my real friends can't even like my post like things like that where where maybe or maybe it's just like a a public thing versus like a real real practical like hey let's go to celebrate this or let's like let's catch up and tell me all about this project that you did or this job promotion and it's so common and yeah you want people to be there when you're crying but like you yep. said, it, there's a lot of different motives and there's a lot of different, it feels good yep. to be needed in that, in that setting also. hundred percent. And it's hard to humble yourself and cheer other people on for sure. So being able to do that is, is incredible. 
Yeah. And I, when I released the book, I had some people who I would have considered really close friends who never acknowledged it. Um, like never said anything. And not that I needed like a big, you know, shout out or whatever, but it yeah. was like, a, oh, nice. You were like, and that was really weird and really hard for me because I was like, this is this pivotal moment in my life where yeah. I've been wanting to do this since I was like three and I didn't even get a text. Yeah. And like a nice, weird. a nice heart emoji, you know, <laughs> is the bare minimum. <laughs> it would have gone a long way and it's, yeah. it's okay. And it's fine. It was just one of those moments where I was like, okay, so maybe this isn't as close of a friendship as I thought I was, which also leads me to the next point, which I know like this is so cliche and you hear it all the time, but the people who come into your life are not always there permanently. And particularly mm -hmm. in your young adult years, I think it's, it can be really easy to bond to someone super quickly. Yes. And feel like, oh my gosh, this person's going to be in my life forever. Yeah. We have so much in common. We chat about the same shows. Totally. Yeah. And like, it's also very easy for those relationships to fade or grow apart or dissolve. And particularly in those years where you are, your lives are changing so much and you are becoming more and more of who you are. It's growing apart is inevitable. It just happens. And sometimes it happens in relationships where you really don't see it coming. And yes. that can be really painful. And we also don't talk about friendship breakups enough, which are yes. so <laughs> freaking hard. Like literally we could, we could make a three-part series on this yes. topic alone. Everybody talks about, yeah, the relationship breakup, those, yeah. you know, the romantic relationships, but a friendship breakup is even harder. Like you said, if you don't see it coming in, I'm sorry to say that if you're listening to this, you will probably experience a friendship breakup yeah. if you haven't. And it could be on on terms that are like okay but it can also be on terms where one person just feels like oh I would have really enjoyed this to continue but like you said yeah. we didn't put in the intentionality we didn't put in the time yeah we didn't have consistent communication and showing up for each yeah. other in the different seasons of life because yeah we've noticed now different things are like oh dating someone then it could lead to marrying someone it could yeah. lead to having starting a family it could lead to a completely job change where your schedule is so different like yeah when you have a work bestie, so different than when you drift apart and you don't work together anymore. Your schedules yeah. aren't the same and, yeah. and you have to adjust your friendship and what that looks like. I think that totally. is, you don't learn that in school. <laughs> no. And, and it can be really hard, but at the same time, I think it's also the, the way to make it easier is to adjust your mindset to kind of like redefine what friendship is. Hmm. And maybe and this is easier said than done for sure especially because your expectations don't always reflect the reality but it's okay to have friendships with people that are are never going to be your best friends in the whole world and it's okay to have work friendships that are just work friendships mm -hmm. and you know you don't need to put your whole all your eggs in that basket if that makes sense like not everyone's going to be your yeah. best friend and that's totally fine and we can you can walk that line of caring about someone and being in their life for a season without making them a core part of your circle. And I think that's okay too. Mm -hmm. And it also relieves a lot of the pressure of like them doing the same for you in return. Yeah. Because you need to have, yeah, those three to five people that you know it's not just yeah. like a transactional relationship and not just a surface level relationship, but there are friends who 
that's just kind of their personality, their style. They have other people that they're really close to and seeing every day that you totally. can't always put the pressure on them to be, you know, what you what you might be giving them or have the energy you've been giving them. And that that doesn't yeah. mean cut them out if, you know, if they're not the level of friend you want. It just means you maybe totally. haven't met the people that you think or you have met the people. And I've definitely yep. experienced that in my life where I'm like, oh, this person's been around and been consistently showing up. And yeah. I'm here chasing a different friend who has moved on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it's so true. I mean, even I feel like we knew each other for a good couple of years before we were ever really friends. Yeah. And like, you know, we were friendly, but like we didn't know each other that well. And that's that just sort of happens. And it's hard. It's very hard being in those seasons when you are craving those relationships and you don't have mm -hmm. them. And if you're listening right now and you're like, that's me, just to validate that, it really sucks. Yeah. And I think we've both been there for sure. And I think everyone goes through seasons like that. And it's yeah. really hard. But um, probably the last big thing I'll say is if you are in that season where you are craving those relationships, don't stay stuck. Um, mm. It can be so intimidating to go out and meet people. But it's easier than it feels most of the time. And just as much as you can, put yourself out there. When I mm -hmm. moved to Vancouver, I didn't know anyone, which was really scary. And I was not, I would say I was extroverted, but not that outgoing at that point. And I literally just had to train myself because I would like show up at church events. Yeah, and I and be alone. Literally no one. And yeah, I, I would come by myself. I would take the bus there and I would walk in and I would scan the room. And I'd find someone who's like, I like their outfit. And I go up and be like, hey, I love your top. I'm Annika, by the way. What's your name? Yeah. And like, I literally just forced myself into like, hey, we're going to be, we're going to meet now. And then yeah. like, saw what came of it. And I would ask people to grab coffee. And it took a while for me to actually find my people. But I did start building relationships. And I wouldn't have found my people if I didn't do that. So I hadn't started that. Wow. Yeah. That's and it's, so it's easy to say that now. But like, but it's so worth it. So put yeah. yourself out there. And I I know we've both, yeah, have had those moments. And it's harder with social media because people like to share those things, like to post, yeah. you know, events. And you might be thinking, I actually just recently talked to a friend about this and we're like, oh, we don't have like a group of girlfriends. You know what I mean? Like I have the people in my life that I love so much but not this like 10 girls who like do everything together and everybody seems like they're BFFs and and we just realize that we have to accept that and we don't have to be heartbroken about it either to be like oh I I'm gonna sit in this and watch this and be really sad it could also be different and it could be okay I'm gonna start <laughs> meeting with other people and doing life with those people and seeing how it goes and there have been moments where like yeah I've, I've definitely felt that too you go on instagram and you're like they're all at the pumpkin patch you're like they're all doing the thing and i just i just never had that but i don't know i and having never had that i can't really speak to the pros and cons of it but one thing that i love about having individual friends is i feel like i get more one-on-one -on -one quality time mm -hmm. and there's something to be said for like just you and I going to a coffee shop and having really meaningful, vulnerable, intimate conversations yeah. that we we can't have with nine other people there. No, like it's and totally it's a totally different setting and dynamic and it takes more time and it's all about time with people too. I think if you go for coffee with someone and you kind of click, but you feel like it 
you know, you were both a bit more nervous, less comfortable with each other. My encouragement yeah. is to meet again if you're both yeah. willing. Go do an activity yeah. together, like create memories 100%. together. Yeah, totally. And I would say too, like coffee is great, but if you're feeling particularly nervous, try and find things to go do with someone. Because when yeah. you're physically, this is true for dating too, but like when you're physically doing something with your body, it relaxes your mind and you can't. Yes freak out as much which is a really nice way to build a friendship and yeah it just like allows you to be yourself in ways that you can't and getting into the deep stuff is great but like it's okay to build that surface level stuff first yeah spend time together maybe i'll do yeah. a whole episode five ideas you can do with a new friend <laughs> yeah i love that perfect well where can we find you your book i'll leave everything in the show notes but i want to hear it from you first Okay, well, you can find my book Out of the Habit on Amazon. If you want to keep up with me as I talk about intentional living and uh, go through some very wild changes in my life coming soon, you can find me on Instagram and TikTok. It's just Annika J. Green. Or on YouTube, my channel name is Annika Green. Perfect. And for those who are wondering, is Green your middle name? It is my maiden name. Um, I am legally changing my name to my husband's last name, but because I published my book under green, I'm still like on social media going mm -hmm. by the OG, the original green. Yes. I feel like I've seen that in a comment. That's why I had to, I had yeah. to address. <laughs> yeah. People are like, what? I've seen it What's in a happening? TikTok. Yeah. No, yeah. people have just been, you know, the people don't know, like, are, are they using, totally. you know, author names, real names? Is this just, she? it's her favorite color? I'm like, no, this is literally her name, guys. Yeah. <laughs> she's born this way perfect I can't help it leave me alone <laughs> no it's so beautiful and you are a beautiful writer and for someone who's not a reader the fact that I read your book and couldn't put it down says a lot <laughs> well thank you I appreciate you so much oh well if someone wants to borrow it let me know after my husband's done reading it <laughs> Maybe we'll do a giveaway soon. We'll see. That would be so fun. Should I do a that giveaway? That would be so book? fun. Okay, Absolutely. I'll buy a copy I'll give of you one. book for someone. No, I'll buy it for oh. someone. It's okay. We gotta support the author. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a starving artist. I'll see. Yeah. <laughs> I um I've been so happy that like I have a couple like brand partnerships from like years ago that I've kind of been just I know part of their lists, I guess. Yeah. And now that I started the podcast, I'm like, okay, I got to be brave and email them and help me yeah. be like, okay, I'll pitch your stuff that I've been pitching for years, but yeah, to a new audience and that can help me do things like this. So love that. Yeah, it. do it. Okay. If do I had it. a brand, I'd support you. Thank you so much. <laughs> Anybody's listening has a brand with budget. Feel free to yeah. support your next gen. Hit them up. Yeah. Okay. Love you so much, my friend. Love you. Thank you for being here. Anytime.